Hello, governors, ladies, figures of the night. You clicked on it, so now you stop listening to it. A rando shots podcast with your right proper other human rando shot as your host. A socialist with champagne taste. Respect all the ways of the people with a mouthful of water. Nothing is better, nothing is wetter. Nothing can beat what you're about to listen to. So keep the downloads coming. The insults fucking flying. Sparing all expense in the machinations you're about to hear. And remember to keep your knickers untwisted and settle the price of your trainers. Because we at the Randall Shorts Podcast don't fucking care. Welcome to the carnival that is world geopolitics and all its inner machinations. I am your host, lovely, dashing, irresistible, stupid, and intelligent, capable and incapable as I am. Rando Shots. Appreciate you joining the mob on this wonderful and lovely day. The climate crisis is ever growing, governments are not progressing, the people are starving for content and maybe even food. Shelter is unknown. The future is completely uncertain, though scientists and Fallout developers have some ideas. But we are here in the now, and you lucky listeners have the right to listen to me travel about like a commoner on the affairs of the powerful, rich, famous, corrupt, backstabbing, polished, disheveled, and absolute fools that are those we call leaders. Do not fret. I will tell you nothing of their sort, because I am of you, the people, and that, oh, that you can bet, will make your listening experience great. Though if you are of legal age, a shot or two, blunt or bong, locked away sitting on a toilet, as you listen will definitely help, as well as grunting noises and pushing. Alright, enough of this opening, now time to turn things over to myself in front of the microphone. Hope you enjoy. And remember, Rando Shot's catchphrase, because we live in a capitalist society. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back to the Randall Shots podcast. I'm your host, Randall Shot, And let's get into a subject that many people have been asking me to get into. And one which I must admit I've been a little bit hesitant to get into. It's a tough subject. And it definitely will hit some heartstrings. But it's one we need to get into because it's one that affects communities across the United States of America and affects many members of the mob, some of which who are, one would say, complicit, or at least in close proximity, and some of which will be considered victims. Today's topic 
Are cops bad? Well, that is a complex question. Mind you, cops are necessary. There are assholes and bad people in societies everywhere because there just is. Humans, we suck. And whether your material conditions are bad or not, we are all one bad day from playing Joker with the world around us. The police are needed and most definitely necessary. Do I support the defund the police movement? Well, <laughs> yes and no. Because that's also a complex question with a complex answer. That is until you hear the numbers we have for you. Do you think I want there to be no funding outside payroll? Of course not. I'm not an idiot. And if you watch this or listen, then you won't be either. So let's get down to it. Firstly, let me establish what ACAB, a term we all know and have heard extremely aggressively lately, means. The law is bad, and therefore a good person cannot put on the badge and remain good. For example, our politicians that enter the field or game of thrones, one might say, with good intent and truly wish to change, but are washed in the tide of bullshit and become the shitty little Joffrey Baratheons we all want to see choke. It is just not possible to remain pure in a system that is horrible. In the same way we all know someone nice, who works in an HR department and once they go to work, they are to be feared when around them. When the enforcers of the law have to enforce systematically bad and poor legal setups and reach for more funding by enforcement of their bosses and chiefs, then they will become bad people more often than not. And many of the members of the mob can attest to these statements. So let me be clear. Not all people who are cops are racist, dumbasses, or just idiots looking to make fucking trouble. Who need a kick in the boot and need to understand that they didn't graduate high school because they're just not cut out for it. The majority are simply serving their community, serving members of the mob, and themselves are even members of the mob. But if their community sucks legal-wise, then when they put on the outfit and the badge, the thousands of dollars of worth of equipment, and are given the right to take someone's life if they deem necessary in the moment, well, the lines, they become blurred, and worst of all, they are covered from this by major political support and some of the most robust unions in the world. Now that we got that out of the way, let's go on. Members of the mob, quotas make up a big portion of the issue. And even if you don't believe in ticket quotas, then I'm sure you could believe in prison quotas. Companies that operate prisons for profit will place onto a government for the prison's existence. Who fills those prisons? The judges, first. 
and they suck too in a lot of cases. Walking around and gallivanting in their black robes, like a dealer of death with a smile. But the buck starts with the initial arrest or pullover for some bullshit that leads to prison. Bullshit such as having a air freshener hanging from your rearview mirror, a headlight out, a broken brake light, or simply being black inside a vehicle, and possibly smoking a blunt, but that's beyond the fucking point, and for a later episode. The law is designed to simply allow this quota feeling. It's a win-win situation, they might say. It is one of the reasons why when a cop is around people just like to leave the area because anything could result in you being placed in cuffs in such situations. That's right. Officers listening in, if you notice that suddenly your arrival prompts half the room to evacuate, it's because we fear you. Creating a mistrust between the community and the police is something not new. But these quotas are a big part of it. And it isn't just this. Most of the police that we have come to know walk around looking like a 12-year-old kid who has too much time to play Xbox. Walking around looking like a COD Max Prestige motherfucker. With all the gear and equipment they have now, and how they respond to situations with small armies. Vera.org and US News have some great information on the budgets which allow police to be armed as such. Vera states, the police arrest someone every three seconds in the United States. More than 80% of all arrests nationwide are for low-level nonviolent offenses. Nationally, the cost of policing is a staggering $115 billion per year, end quote. Fuck. If those three points alone don't concern you, then let me give you U.S. news numbers on police spending in the top cities for the year of 2020. And if you live in one of these cities, God help you, you have a small fucking army that can come down on you at any moment. Firstly, New York. 671 million dollars chicago 660 million dollars philadelphia 448 million dollars san jose 455 million la 436 houston 403 dallas 385 san diego 384 san antonio 330 million, end quote. This number does not include the county services that act in similar capacity to the police, such as the sheriff's office, or investigation bureaus supported by these cities. These are just the motherfuckers you see get in the black and whites, with the blues and the reds on top of their car, who fuck your day up while you're on your way to work to your shitty job. Combined, just those, and you have the budget spending of some middle-of-the-road nations for their damn armies. But let me give you some of Vera.org's numbers from some smaller cities. 
Let's begin with the city that I am from. Raleigh spends 21% of funding on police with nearly $110 million a year. Des Moines, Iowa spends 71 million and 39% of its funding on policing. Fucking Iowa, folks. What's happening in Iowa that requires $71 million of funding to stop or police? Iowa. Another unknown place, Billings, Montana, spends $27 million, which is 64% of the city's budget. Where the hell is Billings, Montana? I don't even think anyone can say they've been to Montana unless they were born in Montana. What's going on in Billings, Montana that requires $27 million of police enforcement and 64% of the city's budget? When you call 911 in Billings, Montana, if they do not magically appear right next to you, you should be suing the city for misuse of funds. Why in the hell do these cities have such massive budgets? And even still, quotas exist, even if they aren't talked about. It's insane, and cops are paid horribly for this. That's right, officers. Those numbers might shock you too, but you might be pissed as hell to find out you're making so little of that budget, despite being the backbone of that budget's purpose. $67,600 is the average, according to Forbes.com, for the salary of a police officer in the United States. Now in Cali, they do average $105,000, but cost of living no doubt sucks a lot out of that. But still, that is wild, considering the budget of many of these departments, but instead, it's used to buy military equipment, vehicles, and other pointless resources that are either overboard or useless. All this is not a good look on police, when that money could be spent on the communities they are supposed to serve. But it isn't just funding. Police operating procedures are extremely aggressive, if not outright dangerous. The end result is not meeting the supposed goals. We've all seen the news stories. We've all seen the captured phone footage. We've all seen the overreactions to a guy standing on the corner smoking a blunt. As if he is Osama fucking Bin Laden, an entire SWAT team can be called out to apprehend him. I myself have been pulled over several times for simple bullshit and found myself facing three or four cop cars. In fact, when I was in college, I was pulled over by a nearby small town's police department and found myself standing outside my vehicle for going seven miles over the speed limit with five officers on the scene for someone who had not only been complying, but had already been given their ticket. Folks, the procedures and methods of operation used by police are concerning and scary at best. But you would think with that massive increase in funding that they might be better at their jobs. 
but they aren't. Don't believe me? Alright, let's turn to prospect.org, who has an article on why police are so bad at their jobs. Now, if there are any cops listening before I begin, understand this. We are not taking a shot at you. We're taking a shot at the methods you are taught to handle situations. First, Prospect.org states, Clearance rates have dropped to all-time lows at the same time that police budgets have swollen to all-time highs, suggesting that more funding has actually resulted in police being less effective. It is a great public mismatch in understanding, training, and expectations. Increases in police officers or police budgets have not been shown to reduce crime or make us safer. End quote. Want to get even a matter? <laughs> well, they go on to state this. To make matters worse, clearance rates can be easily manipulated and are not synonymous with actually solving crimes, just with making arrests. That means that those rock-bottom numbers are actually skewing reality in favor of cops, who are arresting the rightful perpetrator of a crime at rates even lower than those at which they are clearing cases. End quote. Fuck. You mean to tell me that those numbers that they put up quite often are so skewed that majority of those people they throw in as arrests aren't even the person who committed the crime? Why trust a police force that can't even arrest the right people and just arrest because the higher-ups need to make up bullshit case numbers? They want their cake and to eat it too. The problem is the cake is covered in shit icing and it's made up of the tears and the fear of the community they serve. I wouldn't trust them, and I would be hella mad with the public face of this massive expense because they are the only people you can be mad with. Most people do not even know their local police captain or chief. Most people speak no higher up than a lieutenant when requesting a supervisor in a traffic stop. So to those officers that are listening or discussing this with their Co-workers, you are the only people we have to voice our frustrations to, in most cases. But it's not just the interactions in public, it's what we see on the news. And of course, I'm talking about Evalde, which doesn't help police cause. The communities upon which these police departments serve should not be in a position to question whether cops can bring an end to a mass shooter or not. Indefinitely not in a city spending more than 20% of its budget on the cops who take an hour or more to end crises such as these. Even if they know the shooter is still active and in a room with innocent people, innocent children, and in that instance, it wasn't even the police who took him down. No, it was the fucking border patrol. Now I understand the safety is the focus in any interaction carried out by the police. But in moments like that, 
This is the purpose of the job. This is what you lay your life on the line for every single day. And this is what we thank you for when you get the job done. I'm not saying you have no balls. Because I have no balls to go out there and put on the uniform myself, wear the badge myself, and be in constant threat myself just for my occupation. But you must also understand this. The reason people try to respect officers of the law is because you go about every shift with your life on the line. In a lot of cases, you are unpaid. But still, people respect you. And still, you walk about saying you took the job because you are trying to help and serve and protect your community. And it's not like the community has not given you the funds necessary to cover yourselves in body armor. So why the hell does it take as long as Avalde took? With dozens of officers on the scene, at least 50 outside the classroom. Why is the growing image of cops that of cowards well, many of the restraint measures used by police are harmful, even though the suspect is no longer a threat or continues to be a threat and harms victims around them. What do I mean by that? <laughs> well, the need for, as I said earlier, 10 cops to talk and deal with one to three people is insane when you are walking around with three to $7,000 worth of gear on. But you can't respond to Evalde fast enough. And the training. The training is piss poor. We go to CFR.org. And this is going to shock the hell out of you. Are you ready for it? Recruits in the United States spend significantly less time in police academies than those in most European countries. Basic U.S. training programs take 21 weeks on average, whereas similar European programs can last more than three years. In Finland and Norway, recruits study policing in national colleges, spending part of the time in an internship with local police, and earn degrees in criminal justice or related fields. In the United States, police officers must have at least a high school education, or its equivalent though some states require additional qualifications." End quote. That's right. In most other OEDC nations, police are required to go to college for the job. They must spend time in an internship, a fucking ride-along like Kevin Hart, but more serious, just to get the badge and 21 weeks on average versus more than three years fucking hell we're far behind it's astounding and for a moment I feel at a loss of words 
that such a difference could be created. Here is another stunner. Academies on average spent the most time, 71 hours, on firearm skills compared with 21 hours on de-escalation training and crisis intervention strategies. In Germany, firearms training focuses on how to avoid using force. Japanese officers are trained to use martial arts." End quote. So maybe we should train our cops to be ninjas, fighters in fucking Mortal Kombat. Maybe we should train them to look like goddamn superheroes. Maybe we should train them to be fucking Batman. Obviously not. But maybe the training should not sit on the thing designed to kill, especially since cops are being used for things the majority of the time that does not require you to send someone to meet their fucking maker. Cops are basically being used as glorified social workers in a lot of cases, and their involvement should be the last resort. But the proper resources people should be able to use are not funded properly because the cops are getting all the money and all the wrong training. This is resulting in nothing but poor decisions being made by improperly trained individuals who in most cases are good people and acting simply in the moment rather in the long term and are armed to the fucking teeth. Meanwhile, communities are suffering by having to bear the burden of this system, by having tense views on the people meant to serve, protect, and enforce the law to keep society in order, having situations that should not result in arrest, but do so because the prison needs some numbers and the cops will get ripped into by their captain if they don't provide them. Having situations that result in people reacting the wrong way in interactions with the police even if they are before a good person but suffer from the stigma that is there. Having people die for no real justifiable reason and families being harmed as a result of an officer either thinking that it was the only choice or simply acting as they were taught because it is all they know is unacceptable. George Floyd's death was a result of bad policing. But his death is not the only one in a sea of blood that is harming any potential positive outcome of this situation down the road between communities that they're police and the police. Because police are trained to escalate situations and just get the cuffs on. Put the perk in jail and let the judge figure out the rest. And while most will not even think about going to the level of torture and abuse that happened in the situation that involved George Floyd, most people expected when interacting with the police. Most cops don't know when the time comes to ease it up. Most cops are not trained to deal with their workload. Most cops are overworked and underpaid, and most communities are hurt from the inability of their respective police forces, despite those very same police forces soaking up every little penny. 
Now in George Floyd's case, of course, it was a complete and utter failure of the officers based on their own systemic racist concepts. But what can be done to prevent similar situations, as well as ensure our police are better trained and ensure those who are officers of the law receive the proper respect and care that comes with one's commitment to putting their life on the line. Well, the Brookings.edu has a lot of solutions that I agree with, and we are going to go over each one. They are short-term reforms, which include reform qualified immunity, create national standards for training and de-escalation. There are midterm reforms, restructure civilian payouts for police misconduct, and address officer wellness, and long-term reforms, restructure regulations for fraternal orders of police contracts and change police culture to protect civilians and police. So let's go through each of these, beginning with qualified immunity. Well, what is that, you might ask? As we can't forget the fact that most Americans do not understand or know the law of the land that they live in. Qualified immunity is a legal doctrine that courts invented to make it more difficult to sue police and other government officials who have been plausibly alleged to have violated somebody's rights, according to brookings.edu. And they believe that this doctrine needs to be removed. Now, I understand that removing it entirely could open up a can of beans. But there are solutions that will ensure that this won't get out of hand down the road we will talk about. But I do believe its use needs to be heavily restricted, as it gives too broad of an excuse that does not remind a cop involved in an aggravated situation that their first job should be to de-escalate. And I am not alone. They go on to state, we are not out on a limb here. A recent YouGov and Cato poll found that over 60% of Americans support eliminating qualified immunity. Over 80% of Americans oppose erasing historical records of officer misconduct. End quote. In other words, just like abortion, this is something we all can get behind. National standards for training and de-escalation is their next point. They open with a thing we should all be ashamed happened. In 2016, Daniel Shaver was fatally shot and killed by Officer Philip Brailsford. Brailsford was charged but found not guilty. At the time of the killing, Shaver was unarmed as he lay dead in a hotel hallway. Police experts critiqued Brailsford's strategy 
to de-escalate the situation. As he entered the scene, he had both hands on his M4 rifle and eliminated all other tools or de-escalation tactics. Brelsford was fired, tried for murder, and then rehired. He ultimately retired due to PTSD. End quote. A man who approached an unarmed suspect, guns ready as if he was about to go to war in Viet fucking Nam in 1971, was allowed to retire due to PTSD and was given a job before that despite being tried for fucking murder. Is there anything else that needs to be said for this point? An unarmed man who was at the time only a fucking suspect was killed by a psychopath with a badge and an M4 rifle not a pistol, not an excess of tasing, not a knee on his neck, but by two hands on an M4 rifle. And the person who committed this act was rehired and allowed to retire due to PTSD with a fucking pension. The definition of murderer. And yet society was forced to simply move on. In a lot of European nations, the police forces are nationalized. So that way the government can enforce a high standard of training and also push officers in most cases to de-escalation to avoid situations such as this where an innocent until proven fucking guilty and not by the person wearing the badge was killed is avoided The federal government does not have much regulatory impeachment or action upon many of our police departments, but if it did, it could set a similar national standard and push officers across the country towards de-escalation first. If Brailsford assumed that he was in danger, in danger enough to approach a suspect with an M4 fucking rifle, a war machine, then maybe he should have remained in his squad car and awaited backup. That way he could approach with a lethal and non-lethal option. And when it was clear that Mr. Shavier was unarmed, then if he made an action or maneuver that might have been a danger to Brailsford and whoever came along with him, 
the non-lethal option could be used and a man's life could have been saved rather than brutally taken from him. Restructure civilian payouts for police misconduct. From 2015 to 2019, the 20 largest U.S. municipalities spent over $2 billion in civilian payouts for police misconduct. Rather than the police department budget, these funds mostly come from general funds. End quote. Now, that is your tax money meant for other things within the community. being spent when the police departments that have caused the expense have millions being used to pay for the same policies that result in these payouts smells like bullshit to me and I'm sure many members of the mob would agree They go on to state indemnification will be eliminated, making the officer responsible and requiring them to purchase professional liability insurance the exact same way that other occupations such as doctors and lawyers do. This would give insurance companies a strong incentive to identify the problem officers early to raise their rates just the way that insurance companies raise the rates on a bad driver or a doctor who engages in malpractice." End quote. Now, if a doctor and lawyer who have the potential to ruin someone's life with a pen or a scalpel have to have insurance because they themselves can be sued and even lose their job, why can't a cop who has someone's life in their hands multiple times a day just by performing a simple traffic stop a few times not do the same? And why can't they be financially responsible? Why in the hell do all of us have to pay for the failed abilities of someone that's meant to protect and is armed to the teeth? The next step they propose is addressing officer wellness. I couldn't agree fucking more because these quotes will shock you. Recent research has highlighted that about 80% of officers suffer from chronic stress. They suffer from depression, anxiety, they have relationship problems, and they get angered easily. One out of six report being suicidal. Another one out of six reports substance abuse problems. Most sobering, 90% of them never seek help." End quote. They are human. And they are working one of the hardest jobs there is to work. 80% of them suffer from chronic stress. I'm sure you could find a similar percentage with a drive-through worker, with someone working in a hospital, 
with someone working as a teacher in a public school. They suffer from depression and anxiety. They have relationship problems. It's a running stereotype that officers quite often get divorced, that their marriages suffer as a result of them doing the job, as a result of them being a pillar in their communities. And they get angered easily. One out of six report being suicidal. Another one out of six reports substance abuse problems. That's right. When that cop arrests you for having a pound of weed in your car, trust and believe he is likely taking an ounce or two for himself later on. But saddening is the fact that 90% of them never seek help. No, I don't know what this is. I don't know if this is about a cop supposing to appear strong, supposing to appear as if they cannot be weak. But you're human. Even when the badge is on, you're human. Demand your fraternal orders or your departments with all the funding that they get to get you better counseling. There is nothing wrong with it. There is nothing wrong with speaking to a counselor or therapist. There is nothing wrong with unloading the problems of the workplace at the workplace so you don't take it home. There is nothing wrong. You have a high stress job. Fuck any of your fellow coworkers for pressuring you or judging you about your needs for counseling or going. Fuck any of the shit you think makes it fucking weak. You have a lot on your shoulders and I don't just mean the bulletproof vest. You answer to calls where people are at their most weakest moments. You don't just do this once a day, but multiple times. It is expected from everyone that all that is weighing on you to get help, demand help, demand your voice be heard by your leadership and unions in this field and your working standards mentally get better. Don't turn to substance abuse. Don't turn to being suicidal. Don't turn to taking out your stresses and anger on those you interact with in the public. Do not turn to causing issues in your relationships. Do not sink into your depression and anxiety. Do not let chronic stress destroy the good human being with its original intentions. Demand it get better. Their next point is a restructure regulations for fraternal order of police contracts. 
They begin by stating, unions are important. However, the fraternity order of police union has become so deeply embedded in law enforcement that it obstructs the ability for equitable and transparent policing. Even when interacting with police chiefs, unions contracts need to be evaluated to ensure they do not obstruct the ability for officers who engage in misconduct to be held accountable." End quote. In other words, the fraternal order of police, they do not protect all the police. They protect the shit cops, the ones who throw mud, blood, and their boots on the badge in exchange for a power trip that makes them feel like they're God and forces the entire department they're involved in to suddenly hunker down and try to survive. Fraternal orders are run by some of the shittiest individuals in a lot of cases and trust me, they do not care about any officers. They care about the payments they get from the right-wing politicians to get your announcement of support on the next election cycle, and protecting the shit cops so the whole bunch suffers. Because they fear that letting one bad cop go will force every apple on the tree to fall. When in reality, that one bad apple remaining is shaking the tree, causing every apple to fall, and if it was simply plucked and removed, then no apple would need to fall. Their next point is changing police culture to protect civilians and police. They begin by stating police officers embody in us versus them perspective rather than viewing themselves to be part of the community. Policing can be about respecting individuals and not using force. It is an ethical approach to policing that requires incentives, positive outcomes rather than deficits that reward citation and force. End quote. Cops, you are good but you are in a position that doesn't have a good view. Remove the obstructions and the community will appreciate you and demand more positive perception from your captains and chiefs. Demand you are treated better. Demand that you are given the opportunity to debrief and de-stress when working. Demand better training. Demand better resources for de-escalation. So, are all cops bad? You got a lot of information now to think for yourself if that is the case. Even those who are members of the mob that are police. But now, maybe you'll find that the answer is deeper than just a yes or no, but a collection of factors, issues, and allowances that create the environment around police that we see in America today. 
the problem isn't fixable overnight. In fact, I must admit I do not believe for at least the next 30 years or more that if things were implemented that the perception would change. The world is shifted to sides. In most cases, you will have to answer either yes or no, with no option of an in-between. No common ground, but the reality is this. Cops. You have a dangerous job, but you have the resources and support to do it with your budgets, but have no proper training to do it. You are good people in most cases once the badge is off. The communities you serve likely do need you, but not in the way or as much as you are used. Your fraternal orders are horrible and run by idiots and the need to escalate is destroying you and your goodwill in the community. No, all people who are cops are not bad, but all cops can easily become bad. The setup is bad and you are part of it once the badge comes on and the gun hits the hip and becomes the first option in a chain where it should be the absolute last. We thank you for listening to the Rando Shots podcast. You can find us on most places you get your podcast. We appreciate any listens, shares, and discussions that may come after listening to this episode or previous episodes we have already posted or episodes yet to come. We appreciate the mob support and want to grow it. We are averaging a decent viewership to our podcast, but we have a goal we want to reach. Four to five hundred listeners per episode. We have a road to go, but we can reach it together and spread the message and views of the mob in doing so. Rando Shots will also begin streaming and covering whatever topics are the pinnacle of the day on twitch.tv slash randoshots, as well as playing some games. If I shit myself, I will blame anyone in the chat. Best believe. So go find the channel and follow in order to get notifications when we go live and join in. We will also be playing games that the mob want to better engage with our community. Remember, it is all because we live in a capitalist society. This is Rando Shot, folks. Until next time.
are you folks still standing around for, eh? Get the calls in the reform. The Rando Shorts podcast will be back. I promise you that, yeah? Okay? Our host requires rest, a lay down and some tea. Stand together. Listen again if the message must be replayed. Be not afraid, people. Reform and change are inevitable. And you have the bloody power. That's what you got, yeah? But anyways, to the next time on the Rando Shorts Bloody Fucking Podcast. Make sure you share, yeah?